Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from HowToDrawComics.net. Today I'm joined by co-host Rick Bulow and our very special guest, Kanan White. Since beginning his professional career in 2006, Kanan has worked on a series of titles and been published by a number of comic book studios, including Dable Brothers, Avatar Press, and Marvel Comics. It would have been back in 2006, in fact, when I first came across Kanan's art, which was just as mind-blowing as it is now. Besides his clear mastery of the fundamental drawing principles, Kanan's execution when it comes to the finished line work and rendering of his illustrations is just breathtaking. His work, his, his work left such an impact and an impression on me back then that as a teenager just setting out on my own path, I got in touch with Kanan asking for his advice on how I could improve my approach to comic book illustration, and he was kind enough to reply and help me out, which is something I've taken with me and never forgotten. It's truly an honor to finally have you here on the show, Kanan. Thanks so much for joining us. Rick and I would both like to give you a very warm welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. That's, um, that's, <laughs> now you, you like, you should do my documentary. <laughs> 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 I was very, very well put together, man. I like that. That was, um, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. I'm glad to hear that. And I know Rick's <laughs> yeah, he's very... Doing, he's doing his studies, all right? He's, ma he's making it work. He's, uh... His, uh, his beginnings of podcasts, he's doing a really good job at it. Yeah. So professional. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, like, you know. I'm, you I'm need getting background into music for, like, Princess Mononoke or something, like, long time ago. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> that's cool. Just, you know, got to, go, got to go through your entire history, how you came up in the game, that kind of thing, man. You know how it is. <laughs> he worked his ways out of the gutter and became this... The no underdog. <laughs> no, I mean, that's it, man. I mean, it's it's always funny because when we're interviewing these amazing artists, I mean, because it's a podcast, yeah. no one listening really gets to see the art necessarily straight away. You know, hopefully by the end of this, they'll go off on their own and give you a bit of a Google and, and see what we're talking about here. But your work really is something to behold, man. Like the amount of detail and what I find most what what i admire most about it is how all of that detail you manage to balance it out so well it's it's almost the cinematic look that you have to your work it's brilliant that, that was um that definitely is a really i can kind of say that i guess where it clicked was probably last year i met um got in contact with a guy man and um, actually, his name is Guy. He's been in the industry for a long time. But um, he just gave me some, like, good – He's I call him my, my mentor, man. I'm not indirect, yeah. but, like, direct, like, mentor, man. He's, you know, working some stuff with him off and on. Um, but he just gave me some really, really, really good feedback. Because yeah. for a while, um, I would try to offset a lot of my detail with an outline, with, like, with a white outline. It would, like, always go around, like, all my figures and – I always drew them in, in a way that it was never a whole, yeah. but pieces. And so it came across like you had this detailed character and you had this detailed character, but if you looked at the entire visual, it was just a jumbled, <laughs> a jumbled mess of like major detail with, with no distinct to me. You know, I was, you know, it was like it, it, it could be, could have read better. And so he kind of helped me, um, and I kind of already started making that transition anyway of keeping 
you know, certain things that are closer, of course, and you know the rules. Yeah. But a lot of times, like, putting them in action, man, is, like, especially when you're in the, you know, a deadline, you're in the heat of the creative process, you just start drawing and you go into automatic pilot. But um, it, it got me to start to be cognitive of the fact that less is best sometimes. Things are closer, of course, more detail. Like I said, we know the rules, but it's like now, like, really make an effort to keep that in mind. It's almost like when they talk about in the military when they go in the, in the battle. Yeah. Uh, remember they said a guy, they asked him, and he's like, what, ha- what, do you, what goes through your head? He's like, training. Yeah. And it was just like immediately, okay, if you get shot at from the left, jump right. If you go here, do this. Jump down, do that. Move here. It's like automatic. And so, but they're con- they have to constantly, like, think like that. And so... You know, as an artist, I think it's the same way when you're, when you are actually implement the rules, um, mm. it, it, you see a difference. I mean, it, it, as opposed to just drawing, like you never, like I said, you never get away from the fundamentals and you really don't. Um, that's what I love, like Clayton, like looking at your, your channel, man, and how you built like the figure and stuff, because I, you know, of course, back in the day, man, we didn't have, you know, the advent of visual media and, and videos like this, yeah. you know, we had like Andrew Loomis and Hogarth and guys like that. <laughs> totally. But it was yeah. Like, yeah. You know, but it's like on the page, you know, and you just look at the solid page, you're still image, but now you actually can see and record your process. And so it's like, Oh man, that's awesome. You know, and then, you know, as a, as an artist that's been in it for a while, it's, it refreshes, it's like a refresh, refresher of your, of your, your, your refreshes your memory. Like, Oh yeah, that's right. That's how I do hands. <laughs> yeah. So. Absolutely, man. It's You need those refreshes, I think. No ma- just to keep you on your game, it's easy to let it slide a little bit, I guess. Has that, is that the case for you sometimes? I, I feel like you're kind of um, you're hinting toward that because I, I know for me when it comes to the art that I'm doing, like I, I need to feel like I've got something left to learn almost. Like I'm I'm gonna be challenged by that next thing. Otherwise I tend to feel like my art goes backwards. It's almost like the moment that there's nothing left to learn. Uh yeah. I, I'm not as I'm not as sharp as I as I used to be. And uh, I think I, you know, I think it's not so much you know, and you know, Rick, I'm sure you can attest it. I think it's not so much that you forget or go backwards as it is you just get complacent because there's yeah. nothing yeah. Anymore. you know so you just you just jump into your default mode like okay hey you know that, okay this is how i always draw faces and you don't really think about you know the dynamics of expression you know um facial structure and all those different things you just start drawing because you're just used to you know okay i gotta get this thing done yeah as totally. opposed to like okay you know let me let me actually take the time to to like break and, and granted you can't always go that deep into especially like when you got deadlines and stuff that have to be done. But there are fundamentals that should always be there and stuff that you get you should always think about as an artist. And I think like you said, when you don't challenge yourself and there's nothing that that's why I like looking at other other people's art. Um, you know, there's a couple artists I'm thinking of that, you know, when I look at their stuff, man, it's just like, okay. Yeah, I still got a ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> Heck and yeah, it's, that's always, 
there's always new things to learn and that's that's great and you can easily forget that and that makes you complacent if you don't keep wanting to advance and learn that's good i mean and, and i think you hit it rick you said the want has to still be there like you know i don't know if you guys saw i think it was rocky one of the last rockies not the not creed but rocky where he's like there's still a little in the basement yeah i think you need to have some fire in there man and like after all this time to to choose it as a career there has to be something there more than just and making the money is awesome you know it's good to live off of it it's good to you know to say yeah i do this for a career yeah but beyond that it's got to be more than that because i always tell people like you know as much as i like superman and whatnot Mm. i'd love to do a story arc on him but could i do that for five years yeah i don't know you know what I mean? I don't know if I could draw him over and over and over and over. And over. You know, it's like, like man, you know, like, like, but you see that way you get a lot of um, you know, even writers, you know, they'll, they'll go, you know, do do, you know, little, they'll still do Marvel stuff, but they'll, you know, do stuff for Image and they'll do stuff for like your know, Dark Horse and you know, some of the the smaller presses just so they can kind of tell different stories. Same thing with film. You know, they go to the film festival. You'll see Keanu Reeves in some what what seems like a low-budget film. Yeah. But it challenges them creatively. It's like, man, I never played this type of character. I think I want to do this. And I think art is the same way. Um, like, there was, I think it was two years ago, I did um, purposely create it. And I don't know if you guys, you guys may have seen it, but it's a picture of a, a high elf, like this fantasy. And he's like super... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't actually know if I've seen that one. It looks. It sounds amazing, though. I want to check it out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's but it's 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 extremely detailed yeah. on purpose because I wanted to I wanted to push myself and do something differently. And so, like literally, like the embroidery on his you know uniform, the 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 um, mesh and the man chain mail and the armor and the you know, the, the facial expression and the glint in his eye and even in the background, and he has this wooden scepter, man, that has, like, these sphere orbs on the top, and, you know, everything's got this ultra, like, detail-type stuff. And I'm like, man, I, I loved it. It took forever, but I loved it, dude. It was like, this is different. This is something, like, like you know, in the in the midst of your, your everyday workflow, you, know, you pop this thing out, man, and you draw on it a little bit here. It's almost like when people build models. You yeah. know, just add a little bit here and add a little bit there. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you have to challenge yourself. Otherwise, you do have that sense of regression. Like, man, I'm not learning anymore. But man, I'm forgetting, like, basic stuff. Like, I know how to And I've had, like, just recently, like, man, I know how to draw noses. What is the deal? <laughs> you know? It's so, so weird when that happens, right? Like... Yeah, it's frustrating, man. It's like, okay, dude. You know, I was like, I'm, you know, you, you, you're not tooting your own horn. And you're like, I'm not some novice. I know how to do this. Yeah. You know. So. <laughs> yeah, I got I got paid for doing noses, so I can do it. I know it. All right. <laughs> but it, it, you, you're right because if you don't keep up with 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 the fundamentals, you can easily not for not well kind of forget it when you need to use it it'll still be in the back of your head but as 
but it won't be in your hand anymore because you haven't practiced it. So it becomes like in a them. way that you you forgot you've forgotten it because it stays in your head, but it it goes away from your from your hand because you forgot to use it, forgot to practice it. Yeah, it's so like you, you need to go back and forth to your fundamentals to keep your hand. You do. I mean, it, yeah. it, it does. Yeah. It's almost like a disconnect. And and like you said, the information is there. <laughs> it was almost like art, artistic, artistic Alzheimer's. Like you have, <laughs> like you have, artistic Alzheimer's. Totally. Yeah, I like that one. You have like the information in your head. It's just like like a person who you know, has Alzheimer's. You know, my grandma had that. She can remember faces, but names and the connection is not there because you know, of course, you know that's a medical situation because you know, the brain isn't firing like it used to. But yeah. Um, Art-wise, yeah, I mean, like, when if you just kind of, um, but but the awesome thing about that, the positive of that is, the minute you do begin to start drawing again, and you start doing it on a regular basis, it, it is truly like a muscle. It just it just flows. You know, it's just like, oh, okay, like this this. And some days, man, it's just like it's kind of weird. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced it, but I can kind of tell, like, if I start a piece. I can kind of tell if it's going to be a labor or if it's going to be a breeze. Like, like as soon as I touch, you know, in this case, you know, stylus to, to tablet. Yeah. And it's just flowing. I was like, oh, yeah, man, this is, I'm in it. You know, but then other days, it's just like a labor. It's like, why is this face taking so long? Heck, yeah, like, man. I like I... I've been rendering for three years. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I can relate with that, man. I, I guess the other pro as well is that, Art is one of those things that always keeps you immersed. It keeps you in the game. Like, if Absolutely. if it was never challenged, yeah, that complacency would probably get so bad that you'd just get bored and eventually walk away and move on to something else. But, you know, art, it keeps you there. It keeps you on your toes. And, you know, you go to bed thinking about what it is that you didn't do so well today so that you can wake up tomorrow and smash it the next day. And... um uh, that's what I love about it, man. It's like there's always going to be something more to sink my teeth into. It keeps you hungry. It keeps you wanting to do it. And that's, you know, what we were talking about is is wanting to do it. Because when things become too easy, when we get things without really working for them or struggling, in a weird way, it it's not a good thing for us. It's not healthy. It is like going to the gym in a way. Like, yeah, if you don't go to the gym, you'll never really be challenged and it won't ever be much of an issue. You'll just get weaker, right? Um, but if you do go to the gym and you push yourself harder each and every time that you go there, you're going to get stronger. You're going to get more fit. And that's why I love the comparison between going to the gym and art so much because it is so similar, right? It really is. I mean, and, and to that point, you know, and I, I admit I, I don't go to the gym like I should. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, <laughs> man. Just gonna throw that out there. No, but you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Cannon doesn't work out. <laughs> scoop, of, scoop of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will say, like you said, like working out, you don't realize how good it feels until you do it. And then you're like, wow, you know what? I do feel better. You know, it actually does feel good. You know, it's the initial mindset that you have to kind of push out the way and push through. 
like you said, like the gym, just like the gym. Not only do you build and not only do you grow, you know, and you improve your health, but then you realize that I really do enjoy this. And I think, like you said, Clayton, art, doing art and having pieces that challenge you, even if it may be a challenge, when you do immerse yourself into it, and almost like you're that kid again. You're that kid all over again discovering comic art, man. It's like, this is awesome. And, and when you see the finished product, that's like the finished workout. When you see the finished product, it makes all the labor and the things that you've done worth it. And it's like, man, okay, oh, now yeah. it's done. And it looks it looks pretty good. You know? Absolutely, <laughs> so. man. That's so true. I don't know if you ever experienced this, uh, Kanan or, or Rick. Uh, maybe both do as well, but uh, one thing that I've been struggling with is it's like you were saying, right? You, you feel that intimidation, right? It's like you think about going to the gym and you're like, oh, man, if I could just get over that initial, I don't know if intimidation is the right word to call it, but it's just it's some kind of block almost where just getting started is pretty much the most challenging part of the entire process because once you're in it, and this has been the case for me, it's like I could spend an entire day thinking about getting started on the next art piece that I'm meant to be working on. And it's funny because on a completely separate day, I might, you know, make a coffee and jump right into it, and I am just flying. I am gliding through it because I didn't waste time thinking about getting started. I just got into it. And so I found that getting started is one of my biggest issues and I guess that's a good thing actually being able to realize it because pretty much it means instead of thinking about anything else my focus just needs to be on getting the stylus onto the tablet and and making it move (laughs) and I'll be okay I'll probably be productive that day you're right man I mean it's definitely um you know yes I don't think you said it's a it's intimidation but I think it's just it becomes it can become a kind of overwhelming like like totally, especially yeah. if it's for example you have to render a page That's and a, a page good has a whole heck of a lot of detail mm, I, had to kind of, I had to i had to begin to kind of tell myself just do it <laughs> like, you know sit down and just hit it yeah and just keep going go ahead go ahead Rick. First step is always the hardest. That's that's just what I wanted to add. The first step, no matter how much time you've done it, you have, when you wake up, it's kind of like you start start all over again with the feelings of, ugh, yeah, okay, better do this. If you start up with that mindset, that ugh, then it will be then will be a hard day for you to, to get started. If you start up. Like we like we spoke of in another podcast, Clayton, you started making yourself excited the day before. Yeah, big time. Like that helps so much. Before you go to bed, you you get ready for the day ahead of you and get excited for it, and that and you found out that helped you. Mm-hmm. So it's basically preparing yourself mentally. That's good. It's yeah. really important, and it helps you. It helps you a lot because. It's so easy to procrastinate. There's that hard word again that I'll never learn to say properly. But that's easy for you. That's that's a basic instinct of of the human body in some sense because that's if you don't force yourself in a in any disciplinary way, that's where your body will get go to. 
yeah. by procrastinating and being lazy, so to speak. So you have to keep be mentally prepared, prepare your body for what's gonna happen. You really do. I mean, that's good, Rick. I mean, I like what you said. Like the the uh, that 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 preparation. You you, you kind of begin to you shrink. It's, it's 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 human nature, man, to like shrink back from challenges that seem unfamiliar. And so a lot of times, instead of going at that thing, you know, one hundred percent, two hundred percent, you sometimes eggshell it. You tiptoe. You know, you do a little bit here, and like you said, pretty soon you end up doing a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> you know, and then and the, and the page is still empty, and you're like, ah. So yeah. you're right. I mean, like, I think, and I like that claim. I'm, I'm gonna use that, man. Like, get yourself hyped the night before. Yeah, man. Setting that intention and knowing that that's exactly what you're going to do the moment you wake up. Like, I find I have to do that. Otherwise, it just, you know, I kind of wake up and. I'm like, oh, you know, like I'm, I'm always too relaxed. Like I'm too blasé about it. I think being relaxed, being relaxed is a good thing too, man. Because it's almost yeah. like, um, you know, when they when they say, um, rather than being well, even, like art, you know, rather drawing and being rather than being intense and tight, being loose. And so oh, yeah. I think you know having that, you know, not a relaxed point to like when you're just like oh, I'm just. <laughs> like as in maybe I'll go on to maybe I'll just I'll start after this YouTube video or yeah, right, right. I'll check another my inbox YouTube, first. Yeah. You another know? YouTube video, and then you're on the internet, and then you're reading oh, yeah. comics online, and then you're watching that's, Netflix. And, you that's know, a trap, so man. Like, the moment I right? if I jump onto the internet, man, first thing in the morning, that I, I've doomed myself. That's 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 <laughs> no go. That's no go from me yep. as well. I I don't turn on Facebook. I also. I also got annoyed because I got a new I got a new smartphone and that mm-hmm. automatically put me on all my all my Facebook and social media. So it yep. started dinging every time I got a freaking message from <laughs> Facebook and it annoyed me so much that I that I sold my new smartphone and went back to my old one. Oh man! <laughs> because, yeah, instead. Uh, and then I was told, well, you could just tell it to go off. Yeah, it just annoyed me so much. So I went back to the old one because that worked fine. Well, just I, guess the, I guess it's better than you know, <laughs> Yeah, you know those uh, those disturbances, those small disturbances that people say, but you can just ignore them. Yeah, well, you you might be able to, but yeah. I I have I, I have this problem that I have to be aware of my surroundings as well because I have people around me so I can't just a hundred percent fully put myself into my work because I do have families. Right, right. I mean, and and that's that's you know kind of leads to another thing. You know, I don't know about you guys, but you know, I guess I'll ask you guys what you know what is your creative zone time? Because I know a lot of time for me, I'm a night guy. You know, so. Um, my zone time is generally, you know, I'm getting really into the groove right about like, you know, around this time, 11, 12 o'clock, all the way into the morning. You know, some people it's like right and early, like they start, you know, when I'm like winding down, they begin like six o'clock. It's like, <laughs> like I'm up, you know, get there, get the kids ready. If you have children, blah, blah, blah. And then they hit it to about five. And then after that, they're done. Yeah. So it's like, I think finding and knowing your creative 
time and your area, you know, you know, things that inspire you. I mean, it, you know, people, people may not understand that, but as an artist, your environment, your creative environment matters a whole lot. So you see people, they have figures all over the place. Heck yeah, man. Dragon Ball <laughs> characters. And... Yes. Yes. That is, I, I relate. I relate. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't, I, I can't feel the motivation of drawing if my, if my desk is too messy looking. Like, mm. yeah, you know, when you draw, if you, if you get a sneakers or something just fast and just throw the paper because you really need to work, even though your trash, trash can is just at the side, but you really don't think about it because you're focused. And suddenly, yeah. that can be a mess, and then you just lose or lose the mood to actually continue. Mm. Until you finish it. Well, you're a nighttime so, worker as well, right, Rick? What? You're a nighttime worker as well, aren't you? Like, you're usually up yeah. into all hours of the night. Me and Rick are nocturnal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been, I've been told many times, both by Clayton and other people, to go to bed Yeah. when I'm <laughs> done with my podcast, which is usually at 2 midnight around uh, for me when we have... Uh, when we have people from America, mm. but I, but then after the podcast, I'm I get super excited and motivated, and I'm like I can't just sleep now. Now now I now I got something going. I got the I got the blood flowing. But yeah, I'm a night guy. I sleep four to five hours a day at most, and it's not like I I have a I have a what, timer that it wakes me up. That's just how my body functions. Yeah, it, I mean, I, I take a lot of naps, man. A lot, a lot of naps. And, and speaking of, speaking of that, Ken, and I've all, I've always wondered, how the heck do you have time to do all the things that you do? I'm like, <laughs> I know, I know, I do a lot. I know I can manage to do some stuff that might be considered a lot on a daily basis. But you're just sorry to say this, but you're just a freak of nature when it comes to that. You have a family of. What, uh, what is it, two, three kids? Four. four kids. Oh, well, just make, make me feel even more like it. Is that they're, they're, they're older, so well, except for my youngest. Uh, my oldest is my three, three older, uh, senior, uh, junior, freshman, and then a um, uh, yeah. middle school. So, you know, their ages are, you know, 18 to, you know, 13, and then I have a younger one that's like six. So cool. uh, yeah, so you can they can basically take care of themselves now, but still, man, your productivity and yeah. and all the time you have on the uh, on uh, of being a family and social as well. Because I got you on Facebook, I see your pictures and when you write and all that, what you manage to do in a whole day. I'm like, do you do you even sleep? <laughs> you even sleep? You gotta yeah. give me right, Clayton. I mean, he's. Mm. Have you ever seen someone as productive as this guy on a daily basis, like what he can do in a day? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. I've done a little bit of research. I hadn't done that much research there, Rick. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, I, listen, he, he knows, you know, this is, you know. Because Rick's yeah. a family man as well. I mean, so I'm, the, I'm always the only one here without any kids or, or adult responsibilities. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not an adult. You guys are the adults. No, but. I mean, it's, it is, it is work, man. I mean, like, as long as I believe, you know, you communicate, you know, you know, my wife, you know, she understands my, my wife is, she's very, very not me. 
you know, she is um almost of tracks. She yeah, I mean and, and it really does. She is very, very nonchalant, show me rather than tell me kind of thing. And so as long as I'm producing, <laughs> she's good. You awesome. know, so you know, and, and like I said we I mean we crack up, we have our time and we make sure uh, you always make sure, you know, before I get you know, from already up, you know, before the kids go off to school, man, I always, you know, make sure I see them off and you know, just even spend a little time, and then after that, you know, go working a little bit. Then my youngest usually wakes up after that, and because she's she's homeschooled right now, the other ones actually go to uh, actual school. So, um, you know, she'll wake up, and, you know, and I'll hang out with her for a little bit, and you know, and then I, you know, I hit it, man. And so, you know, that now that they're at school, I actually have even more focused time because I don't have a lot of people come in but hey dad hey dad hey dad dad hey dad dad you know, and then, <laughs> so, you know my wife and you know she usually she's usually doing her own thing or running errands so um but we we definitely you know i definitely make sure i take the time because you know there you know there was there was a time period man where uh basically went at went at this thing with at all costs and yeah. almost cost me everything you know, yeah, not, wow. not to get, you know, super personal, but there has to be a balance. Like, it's, I always tell people, I love comics and I love drawing, but it's not my everything. Yeah. That's yeah, a that's, really good that's, point, man. That's a good way to see it and remember and keep keep in mind that even though this is your strongest, pa- or this is your passion is in, in life, make sure it's not your strongest passion, especially if you consider wanting to have, uh, wanting to build a family. Absolutely, man. That, that's and that's wisdom, and I, and I, you know, I, fortunately, it, you know, I, I, I kind of learned it kind of the hard way, man. And um, it was it was just it was an eye opener, and it was just like, okay, I need to remember what's what, where things fit. Like my career, you know, I I think about something that I think was Denzel Washington, an actor. He said, uh, "Acting is my job, my family's my career," and it always stuck with me. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds really smart and something to keep in mind. And I, I think it, it keeps you grounded because even when people know who you are, when they know your name, or even when they don't know your name, um, it's easy, especially as guys. You know, we're built to just throw ourselves into it. Mm. You can lose yourself. It's just how we're, you know, it's how we're made. You know, you can lose yourself and mm. forget what matters until it implodes, and then you're like, what happened? And so I was like, I, to me, having good success is getting to a place where you're comfortable, where everything's good, and your family is still there. So many times, man, it's not it's not the case. You know, people get to the top, man, and they're by themselves, and they got a body count of people they they walked over just to get to the top. It's like it's not worth all that. The price is too high. So, um, yeah, balance, That's balance. Um, staying focused, keeping it as your passion. But like you said, Rick, man, but it's not your number one passion. It's one of your passions, but not your number one. And uh, keep it structured. Yeah. Structure, structure size. Uh, it sounds like you really have your maybe intentionally, or it just happened. It just happened as it is. But you really seems to have structured down your everyday go uh, how to uh, how to approach your work and. And make everything in a it's better. work perfectly together. Whether you've done, if you 
if your mindset is directly on, it yeah. it's a structure or is it just came naturally to you after you've worked worked things out? It really see, sounds like that was that's been an important thing for you to find that you found that, and now you're in a you're in a really good place. It it is. I mean, it, you know, structure. You know, um, you know, I'm the the free spirited person. <laughs> yeah. You know, my wife is more like I'll call his car the human calculator. Um, you know, funny story. Back when we were dating, uh, I would I would uh, you know, we we were just kind of learning you know about each other and you know, you know, spending money and stuff. And you know, we just kind of had an agreement. You know, hey, we're going to spend this much. Blah blah blah. So anyway, I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend a little bit more, man. <laughs> and I was like, hey, babe, you know, you know, she was like, so, you know, what's the change? I was like, oh, here it is, you know. And so she was like, where's the $5? <laughs> I was like, crap. <laughs> yeah. Do that. <laughs> it's, it's good, man. It's good but, you found someone you know, like that. I'm the free spirit, so I had to learn and still learning. And and, and to those listening, um, you never have it all. I mean, um, I've gotten better. Um, I you know it used to be before just shooting from the hip, man. Whatever, maybe, maybe, and you know, blah, blah, blah. Kesarasara, and you know, wherever the wind blows. And I don't think it's wrong to be that way because I think that allows, especially as an artist, that's generally how we're built. You know, to explore and to to discover and create things. But at the same time, you can't live in the clouds all the time. Uh, you need you need you need a concrete block to keep you to keep you grounded at times. That's good. Yeah, I mean, and and, it, and when you have that block, whether it be your spouse or your significant other, or you know, just just if your wife listens to this, no, I didn't call you the concrete block. That's not <laughs> what I said. I didn't say that. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. Say no, no, you're not. <laughs> no, but um, it, it does. I mean, having having that grounded aspect of things and i'm sure you can attest to this clayton man like you know to create these podcasts as exciting as they are and as, as you would just love to draw and just show people how to do it there's a structure you know even like you know even our little intro you know there's there's little things that have to kind of be done to make the whole a success so um i think as an artist especially young artists you know, establishing a workflow early in your career is is vital because even when the projects get even more complex, you'll have that standard to kind of form, okay, this is how I approach this situation. When it was smaller, it's a little bit more people, a little bit more money, a little bit more of this, but at the core of it all, it's the same. So I'll approach it like this. But if you don't have that, the, the, the fundamentals are still the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I 100% agree with that. And I think that's been one of the the most powerful aspects uh, that I've learned when it comes to art is having a solid workflow, not leaving too much up to chance. Like, I I do get the impression, Kanan, that you are a free spirit. And I think that's because you actually have a lot of faith in yourself, like, which sometimes I don't have. Like, you, you seem like you just you just know it's going to work out one way or the other, even through the challenges <laughs> and whatnot, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, you're, you're and, and it's I think I think it comes out of you know just you know and like I said, not 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 getting in, into too much, but mm. you know, I've been doing this for you know for a long time, you know, since 
you know, professionally probably since 06, 04, more yeah, old, wow. you know, 04, 06, around that time. And so, you know, I've had the situation, you know, where, you know, I ended up having to live with a friend with my family yeah, in one room while still drawing, while still creating art. That's tough, you know, man. Yeah, you know, I've had, you know, things get cut off. Um, I've had, you know, where you don't know what's what and when such and such is gonna go down. You know, I've I've yeah. been through all that, and you know, and in just some cases, man, at times it still happens. Not to that level, but I mean, that's that's like the artist's life. But um, I think through it all, I always say I'm still here. Yeah, and the passion is just as and I always waited. I always wait, okay, if this isn't what I'm supposed to do, then uh, it'll eventually, like, taper out, it'll just, you know, pan out and then go away. Totally. But each year, the passion increases, the skill increases, I get faster, you know, it's like all these different things, the opportunities still come, and so it's like, okay, so I know this is what I'm supposed to do, and a lot of times, it's, it's a confidence, not so much in my ability, but I'm, I'm a spiritual person, man. Not, you know, not yeah. super spiritual, but I really believe that I have help. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, man. And, I get that. I get that. I can, I can get that. And 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 knowing that honestly keeps me going. keeps keeps the drive, keeps the passion. Because on my own, I tried it, and yeah. you know, a few years ago, you know, the bottom almost fell out. Like I said, you know, it almost cost me everything. So now I'm in a different mind space, man. Like I'm like um art wise I'm where I was as far as my thinking how I say was my mind wrapped around art. The way I was when I was going hard, you know, mm-hmm. you know, talking about four or five years ago. But I'm in a headspace where I know when to back off, when to you know, ease up or when to go hard or the why or to be balanced with and not sacrifice everything. So that's kind of like the confidence, man. It's not really in my, I want to say it was like, I mean, you have confidence in yourself, but when I say, I don't look at it as solely my ability. Um, This is a gift I've been given, man, to share with people, to inspire and to motivate and to, you know, um, you know, just show them that, you know, that they can do something they love, man, and enjoy it. And so mm-hmm. I believe because of that mindset um, and, you know, the things I've experienced, you know, it's like you have to, it's almost like you have to train yourself to be optimistic. You know, some people may call it naivety, but I don't think it's that. I think it's a confidence in knowing that, like you said, Clayton, however and even in the darkest, it was like it sounds like all poetic and movie like, but it's really, true, it's true though, man. Heck yes. There's been times in my own life as well where, I mean, and everyone can probably say this as well, but that you know, you you have those dark times in life where you realize really the the only one that's going to get you through is you, and and I guess. Yeah. If you're going to get through it, you've got to have to. You've got to be able to hang on to something, some kind of hope, or, or just the possibility. And uh, yeah, man. Like, and, and again, with with your focus and, and focusing on it too much, sometimes, dude. There's been plenty of times when uh, 
my um my, my better half is 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 on the couch you know tears in her eyes telling me hey like you got to you got to pay me some attention because That's this right. isn't working <laughs> or, or my friends my friends call me up and say hey wait where, where you at bro like i haven't seen you in a month you know, come out of the cave and and right. communicate with society <laughs> yeah, a little you're bit. Like, oh, and you're like, oh, a, a whole month. Yeah, and you doesn't really feel like uh, it's a serious think- it's a serious thing as well. Like because you can you can lose a lot of things without really noticing a lot of things that matter and that propel you to work so hard at your craft in the first place because. You know, it's easy to take them for granted and, and not realize that actually they give you a lot of support. Without them, you may not have the opportunity to work on your art at all. And uh, I think that's why it's important to have that balance. You're, you're so on point there, Kane. And it's it's a hard lesson to learn. But, it is. you know, once you learn it, uh, you can ultimately keep things a bit more balanced in that way. What I learned is, is you got to remember where you came from. you got to remember why you're doing what you're doing and you gotta keep keep remembering that and hold it again strong to your heart or else you're gonna lose it and gonna lose yourself in the passion and let the passion drown you rather than lift you up if that makes sense it does i mean it, that, 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 at some point it, if you if you're not careful and it, the passion can take take over you rather than push you push you to where you want to be with it it can i mean it it becomes all consuming and i always always tell people you should not you shouldn't go all out at the cost of everything yeah no no because why 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 go all out and it costs you everything why why do that to begin with because then you have no reason to go all out in in the first place. Yeah, there's no reward at the end. But, but you forget. But you forget that when you're in it. So you yeah. need to have your head straight, or else things yeah. can end up badly for you. You're yeah. you're perfectly right. I I had that same problem. Just like this last month has been really struggling for me at around that point because I started forgetting my surroundings more and more, and I've actually just just a few days ago decided that okay every weekend from now on there will be there will be no art art or work for me that it will be solely focused on my social yeah like have it that way call a weekend and uh, what it is what it's supposed to be even though i work uh, freelance and work for myself yeah call call the uh, use the weekend that's what it's supposed to be used as and, and 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 I'm sure you know you guys can attest to this, and, and that's that's hard, man. Especially you know when you have you know demands, and not just like you know I'm not talking about just clients, but just life, yeah. you know, mon- yeah. monetary. You know, it's like okay, you know, here's another. It's almost like why people work at the factory, they, why they always go in overtime. It's like this is another thirty hours I can put in, you know, to you know whatever it is that and the other. So, but I think what people don't and myself constantly learning if you do take that time to refresh you're actually better when you come back but it's that mindset of like if i don't do it 
I'm going to lose something. Or if I don't do it, it's not going to get done and I'm going to be behind. It's like, no, if you actually get away, not for, you know, two, three days, but just get away for a little bit, refresh, and then come back. You're actually better because otherwise you're just, you know, you're making mistakes. You're backtracking. Mm-hmm. And you're rendering the same one panel over and over and over again. You're frustrated. You're irritable. You're snapping at people. You know, kids are like, Dan, you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, even if it's like simply going on a walk or going out to, you know, on your porch, if you have a porch or your deck or whatever, just get some fresh air. Look at the clouds, you know, dream for a moment and then come back in and, you know, get started. So. Sit down and play a board game with your with your kids. Yep, that too. <laughs> That's an game. example. That's exactly it. Oh, well, Kanan, I was actually going to ask you because you brought up something earlier okay. before, which I think is super valuable to be able to have, which is a mentor. And yeah. and he said that it helped you to make quite a leap in your development as an artist. So, did you want to talk a little bit more about that and just you know how you went about? actually finding a mentor in the first place, how you kept in touch, um, you know, whether or not you went to show your artwork occasionally in person or whether it was just sent to them or, you know, Absolutely. maybe it was just one meeting and, and you got all you needed to know from that. But I think it's a super interesting point because I can only think if I was working under the uh, under the pros like Jim Lee or Mark Silvestri, yeah. I mean, oh imagine how how much further you could push your development, and in the the smaller amount of time, uh, it'd yeah. be amazing. It's it's um, I got, it's funny. I got, I got well. So I'll tell you about the story of the mentor. Now I'll tell you about yeah another one, a situation before that. Um, back in I think it was two thousand six. You know, I went to I think it was San Diego Comic Con. Not San Diego. I'm sorry, uh, Chicago. It was Wiz World, and um. I, you know, of course you do your portfolio reviews, you know, you're trying to get involved and trying to get into the business, you know, or, you know, the, the whole nine, you know, yeah. the whole, you know, rigmarole goes as far as trying to get in the industry. So anyway, you know, presenting, you know, artwork and stuff. And so I'll go to Top Cow and um, oh, nice. actually show Sylvester Wow, Matt Hawkins, some of my artwork. So cool, man. That's amazing. And, um, they, you know, he reviews it and he's looking at it and everything and, and it's like, you know, yeah, you know, cool, cool. And so, you know, I'm walking around and, and to let you know how long ago this is, you know, I'm, I'm dating myself, but it was the, when the first Ghost Rider movie was being uh, oh, promoted. Yeah. Nicholas Cage. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and so, I mean, I was like, cool. And so he was playing, I think he's playing the Ghost Rider video game on the PlayStation, uh, PlayStation 2. Sweet. I think it was PlayStation 2 or one of them. And so he's playing and he was like, yeah, um, yeah, uh, Matt was like, yeah, so um, Sylvester wanted to know if he could fly out to, to California and, and intern. Wow, man, no way. I turned it down, bro. Ah, oh, man, but, that's incredible. I know, I know, I know. What? I know, check it out. <laughs> They're like, Ew. No, no, but yeah. one of the reasons why I did is it's because hard, man. I was not in the position where I could actually up and go. Yeah. I had a family. You know, my, my, I think my oldest was maybe two or three. Mm. You know, so yeah. it was a lot. I was just like, oh, can't do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's but, tough, man. Oh, man. You can't just pick up and, and leave, unfortunately, sometimes. when, Like we were talking about, you've got those other responsibilities beyond just your art. And, 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 and it, 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 was, it hurt, man. I, you know, I told my wife and stuff, but... Would have been tough. Two, two, yeah, it was it was, it was tough. <laughs> yeah. It's like this is Mark Sylvester, dude. This is like this ain't like, you know, Joe Schmo. This this is one of the seven. Yeah. You know? You know wow, it's like, man. You know, like the, the court of the, the, the fellowship of the ring, you know, it's like you know, he's one of the seven. So um but I don't regret it in the fact that I grew as an artist and I think had I gone, I probably wouldn't be married. I probably wouldn't be, you know, because I was very immature in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So I look at that. Yeah, it was an opportunity to learn under one of the greatest individuals, you know, comic-wise. Yeah. But at the same time, I think everything else would have suffered. And I'm pretty sure it would have because... It wasn't until I think it was about 2013, where all the damage that I had done and the neglect came to a head. Yeah, you talk about years and years of that, and then you know I didn't. Now you take that mindset and you put that person on a pedestal, where they are, you know, for lack of a better word, the man. Mm. It'll destroy them. You know what I mean? So it's like you know. I didn't know why I didn't accept. Well, I knew one of the reasons because of the family, you know, situation. But I really believe I just wasn't ready. And um, it's intimidating, man. It's like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It leaves it leaves you speechless and and like, man. Now that I've actually got this in my hands, this this opportunity, am I going to be able to pull this off? Yeah, and, and now, if it was my mindset now, then. No doubt. I want to win. Yeah. You know, I mean, because, you know, but, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty in age. You know, sometimes, you know, the maturity over time, you grow and you learn different things. And so I would be very much more equipped to handle something like that now than I was, you know, back in 2004. You're talking about, you know, just, you know, a guy ambitious and ultra naive. Yeah. He's just like, hey, you know, the, you know, didn't even mention that it wasn't a paying intern. You know, it was like, it's not like it's just me. It was like, you know, you got family and, you know, situations. So, yeah. you know, I would have just been like, I'm going, you know, and, yeah. you know, it would have been probably, you know, you know, who knows? Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, um, like I always tell my kids, you know, this is the life that you have now. You know, you exactly. can focus is on the now. And so fast forward to where I met, um, a mentor, I was listening to this book, and his audio book, and it said, uh, it's called Real Artists Don't Starve. Really good book, man. It was one of the best books I've read in a while. Um, awesome. And it was just basically telling, you know, you as an artist, there's so many different avenues to, you know, generate income, and, you know, you don't have to be the struggling, you know, starving artist like people think, and, you know, that's a misconception, even with some of the artists in the renaissance age you know people thought they were struggling and you know some may have been but not all of them you know so it just broken in and one of the things i mentioned was finding a mentor yeah and um you know of course that's not just an art i mean 
anywhere if you can find somebody to kind of mentor and help you. It's always a benefit. So oh, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, there was a guy that, that I worked with, and as I said, his name is actually Guy. Guy Dorian is his name. Um, senior. He's a phenomenal artist, man. He's he, y'all talking about a workhorse. He's like one of them old school Jack Kirby, you know, John Romita Jr. Nice. You know, six pages a day, like dudes. Yeah, <laughs> yo, like, that's like, insane. He does a little bit of everything, and he's a martial arts trainer. You know, so he does all of it. Um, but he, he just saw my art, man. And, you know, we, we worked together on some stuff before, but, um, he actually knows him. I don't know if you guys, I'm still learning some names, but his name is Sal Basima. I think that's his name. He's an inker. Right. Famous. Um, well, but not sure. Yeah. He, um, he's been, I mean, he, you're talking like he, you know, 60s, 70s. You know, he's been an anchor for Marvel for decades. And so, um, but he knew him and, you know, he saw some of my work and he was like, he's like, he's good, but this, 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 and this. And so guy came back and just basically like showed me, he's like, you're good, but you can be better. Fix this, adjust this, approach things like this. And so like taking all those things into consideration. Um, and that's the things with mentors. Some are for a lifetime, some are for that moment. And, yeah. um, you know, I still, like I said, talk to him, you know, when, when I can, uh, you know, we still, you know, I'm still working on something for him now, but, um, it was the time that I needed to really get to that next, next level. You know what I mean? Like, mm. uh, I've been in business, but sometimes it's like you've done it a certain way for so long, you're used to it. But yeah. then, it, like, you know, how we're talking about having things to challenge you. Yeah, he challenged me. Do it this way. Um, fix this way. Less is best. He's like, one of the things he said, focus on, that's what I was talking about earlier, focus on the whole, the design as a whole, not just the individual elements in the design, but focus on the whole entire look. So even if you're making out a cover, don't just think about the characters in the cover, but think about the cover is composition, the whole design, you know, what is, you know, where's the eye, you know, um, the elements feeding off of each other as opposed to just, you know, okay, one eye, and you, know, you always, you know, you know the rules of comics, you always want the eye to stay within the piece, but at the same time, how does it look aesthetically, you know what I'm saying, you know, yeah. so that stuff I never thought about, you know, I was just drawing, I think this is a cool layout and, you know, stuff, yeah, I mean, it's okay, but it always can be better. And um, I was thinking about Todd McFarlane, and he's like, you know, back in the day, he said, I, you know, I was just of the mindset of, why can't it be cooler? Yeah, <laughs> you know, so that's yeah. exactly it, man. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm le I'm learning something here <laughs> just just listening to you talk <laughs> about the advice he gave to you. I mean, that's amazing. Like, I didn't think about that stuff either. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 as an artist, like, like I said, like we mentioned, a lot of times you're just working in it, mm. and instead of on it, you know, working on something encompasses more than just the project itself, but it, it encompasses what you're trying to say. As a, and I was, when I um got a chance to teach a college course <clears throat> on illustration a couple of years ago, oh, that's nice, one thing I always told people. As an illustrator, you have a, you're trying to as an illustrator, you have something to say. Mm. So 
what you, which is why they would use Illustrator for news and, you know, and even to this day, you know, propaganda posters sometimes in the negative, you know, during World War II, you know, that was propaganda was the thing, you know, yeah. to the, uh, the, the opposing forces. And so, you know, but that got people involved, you know, that, they, that, that art drew people. And then, of course, America used it where they used, you know, Uncle Sam and like, you know, America needs you and yeah. you know, stuff like that. So it's powerful. Like Absolutely. we have a powerful tool as illustrators. And so it's incredible. I, I mean, it's, what? it engages the senses, the visuals and tells a story at the end of the day, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, and, and at least it should. Um, I mean, it's, you know, granted it's cool to just draw stuff for the sake of art, you know, and people do that all the time. But I, I think when you're trying to tell a story and particularly with, you know, those that are listening, if you do sequential art, that is paramount. You have to be able to tell a solid story. You can be the most amazing artist in the world, but if everybody looks like trees, you know, it's like, <laughs> like you, 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 you may as well put mannequins on a page and just like call it and add dialogue. You know, it's not, not effective. Totally. But if I've always, I've always uh, enjoyed the comics more. Those that where you where you can doesn't need dialogue like the balloon word balloons and all that that you actually can ignore those and still get the, get the get the important parts of the overall story they're trying to convey that in me is what i personally when i go to that uh, go to that level uh, sequential art myself that is what i want to achieve that word balloons and all the other words should should not be there to to help it should help strengthen the story but the the art itself should be able to tell the story that's good yeah i mean and that that honestly man that's uh i think one of the most in, in if you guys i'm sure you guys have read it the one of the most amazing comics i guess we'll say in present time that i ever saw was it was the story. It was a Batman comic, and it had no words. And yeah, Damien died, and man, yeah. that thing was so powerful, dude! Like, wow, it had yeah. no words. But you know, Rick, Rick, you know what I'm talking about. It, it yeah, had, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, as a father, I was like, oh my gosh! And then the way it ended, you're like, dude, like, I felt. Because there was no words, you were more involved in the art and what was actually going on. Because the words usually take you out of that place because then you have to force your analytical brain to be part of uh, reading the comic instead of just putting yourself into the atmosphere that that the artist tries to convey. Marvel did it as well, like a whole month, like some years ago, where they said there will be no there will be no text on this. It will only be but it will only be be the art. Really? Wow. Yeah, I can't remember what they called it, but it's like five years ago now or something like that. I yeah. think it's 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 crucial to be to, to to be able to do that. I mean, there's you know, you see in the film there's there's so many powerful visuals, man, that that need no words. You know, no dialogue is even spoken and um as a sequential artist you should be able to tell what's going on without words. You know, like you said, uh, Rick, they should accent what's already been put down on paper. 
rather than um, relying on the words like, oh, okay, well, the dialogue will make it clear. No, you should still be able to tell what's going on, you know, the pain and the, the frustration. And that's what I love about animators. They mastered that. Like, you know, the facial expressions. And, you know, you can feel what certain characters feel. They over-exaggerate certain things. And I think you can still have elements of that. You know, like, even in my style, it's more of a realistic oh, yeah. render style. But you can still have those elements where, okay, if they look pissed off, you can tell. If they look scared or if they look in pain or if they look cocky and arrogant or if they look, you know, crazy. Well, I, mean, I mean, you did that really, really well in Shaolin. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. I must admit that's probably one of the better, <coughs> better, better comic books I had my fingers on for like the last last two years at least. Thank you, man. I man. only recently read it. I read it through. If anybody listening, look up Shaolin by Ken uh, White and what was the writer's name? Jane Jane Longino. He he's the one that uh, directed that uh, Uncle Drew movie. <laughs> the, yeah. The, so, yeah, go get, uh, go get that comic. I mean, the visuals is just breathtakingly great. I, I was like, yeah, this is, this uh, yeah, I could, it, it, it just spilled out you from start to finish. Thank you, man. Thank you. I mean, it was uh, definitely an honor to. I mean, I learned so much on that book, man. Like, just like you said, just it. Every page was kind of like a. a you know, it was, it was a tutorial, like, okay, this is how you handle fighting scenes. And, and that's one of the things I wanted to always, um, what what I wanted to convey with Son of Shaolin was, there's so many times you hear about, you know, you've seen comic books where it said, Wolverine is a black belt in martial arts, and he knows several different disciplines, and you always see him just throwing his claws, and that's it. So I'm like, wow, okay, that doesn't really yeah. like a martial artist. But if he knows kung fu or or wing wing chun or or ninjutsu, you know he why not? Be, yeah, he shouldn't even need the, those claws. Yeah, he not at all. And and and, and that's that's one of the things. Like okay, like if he's a Shaolin fighter, what does Shaolin fighting style look like? And I think that's one of the things that always impressed me about the I say the first series, instead of series of Avatar, the animated series, not so much the new one. I mean, everybody loves Legend of Korra. I was a fan of the original, man. That's the one I grew up I'm with. The only, I'm, I'm all ritual as well. <laughs> but what always impressed me was, like, even when they would do their, you know, fire, earth, water, especially at the beginning, those were, like, real moves. Like, those are, like, like real fighting styles, like wind and fire and the way that they did it. And the earth was, like, you know, I was like, man, they, like, really studied like the style of fighting and it, it it came across you know this the same way so you know as an artist man whatever you're trying to convey um i know when i did a book um harlem hellfighters and it was set back in i think 1920 something so it was just before world war one and um you know max brooks was really really a stickler for immersing people in that world what was it like to to live in you know you know 1925 you know you know the roaring 20s kind of thing what was that like just before the first world war you know um how did they dress 
you know, how did the houses look? There wasn't TVs and, you know, you know, cell phones, you know, you know, most of the houses were very eclectic and full of old school Victorian stuff. So a lot of references, a lot of um, research, man. But I think because of that, I mean, you have to, you have to care about what you're doing, you know, going back to what we were talking about, your why. And if you really care about it, you're willing to do, you know, whatever it is to get that story, to make that story impactful. I mean, like, people finish reading. Like, I think that's what kind of got me about The Dark Knight Returns. I had never seen, and The Watchmen. I had never, especially, you know, superheroes in general. I didn't think you could do that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with superheroes, like, whoa, you shoot people and, oh, man, they die and, it was like they got issues, like especially in the Watchmen. It was like, oh man, but I couldn't put it down. It was like it was so engrossing, man, and the story was so compelling. And then you know, it wasn't that you know Frank Miller was the stellar artist, but it fit the story. And um, yeah. yeah, totally. So, man. so you know, you mentioned your why again, man, and I think you're you're right. That's so important. So. What is it, Ken, and what is it that keeps you inspired? What what keeps you going these days? And and what are you working on right now at the moment? Um, well, to the first question, of course, family is yeah. my big inspiration because there was a time when it wasn't. And so I had to re-evaluate, and they definitely are my number one why. Did that did that make your art feel more meaningful then when when you realize that really at the end of the day they were why you did it in the first place? It it does, man, because you know not only not only am I making sure you know I'm doing what I need to you know as you know the the father and whatnot, um, they're inspired to do art when they do art because they saw me do it. So that is also an inspiration, like and they're they're. They're really good, man. I was like, man, I was nowhere near that level That's at amazing. their age. I mean, my son, this dude, he loves Legos. But when I say y'all, he builds stuff. He built, <laughs> he built an. I was. Hold on a second, Des. Come here, man. Cause I always get the name wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> come here, bud. Real quick, what was the name of your rifle you built? Machine gun. Oh, um, M4 carbine? Yeah, he built, he built an M4 carbine rifle, dude. AK-47 and shotgun. And AK-47 AK and shotgun. Oh, oh, Out of Legos, and that wasn't even a kicker, dude. It had a clip that you can, like, actually put in, and it had the kick shell release. Wow. And then it had a, it had a freaking tripod wow. and a suppressor on the front. And hey, I, 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 I worked in Lakeland once, so yeah. see, uh, in Denmark, and that's that's impressive, man. I can hear you got your speakers on now, and he's probably still there. That's really impressive, dude. Did you hear him, Des? Yes. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, he, but he builds like that all the time, and you know, he he draws, but but his drawing is more like schematics. So he'll he'll draw to see how to build it. You know what I mean? Like you know what? Send the send the send the take some pictures of that if possible and send it to send it to a few people over at Lego. Okay, I will. <laughs> I mean, you should really. Is that the is the is he the oldest? 
He's a, he's a, a third oldest. He's my, my only son. He's kind of the, the he's got two older daughters. Him and then the uh, younger. Daughter. Yeah, but but you do that because they they love that that stuff. I'm just, I know that we got they are really engaged in wanting to see that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, and I said you know see, seeing that and then like some of my daughters, man. Yeah, they do more of the anime. My my oldest is more like she. I can see her kind of getting into design, like fashion and things like mm. that. And then my my second oldest, she's more into like the anime, like true anime. Totally. So so creativity runs wild in your in your family. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it does, man. It's funny because I never really taught them. You know, I, I show them little different things, but they just they just saw me and they see me that's grinding great. at you know grinding it out, man. And so that's my why. And then you know, I think the final is just telling good stories, man. Um, yeah. You know, being able to work with amazing creators, being able to chop it up with people like y'all, you know, um, you know, just individuals, man, that, you know, and as you, you know, you guys probably catch wind of, you know, the whole, there's this comics controversy with two groups. I'm not really going to name drop that go, that, that go, that's been going on. And, it's, I, I've been, I've been, uh, luckily been blinded by that. I think. Good, good. I mean, it's, you know, we we did a we did a crowdfunding with one of them, and and it, and it was successful. And you know, and you know, you get people that's like, yeah, watch out for this, that, and the other. I'm like, you know, I'm in it for the craft, for the love of the exactly. art. Exactly. Exactly. With any businessman, you know, it's like when you work for somebody, you're gonna have individuals at the top that you don't necessarily agree with for me man i'm i'm about the craft and about creating good stories and you know this is just one of the opportunities and avenues that gave me the ability to be able to create some fresh stories but you know some people take it ultra seriously like like these allegiances and you know these this crazy crazy like faction mindset and or you know just trying to defend a point mm. into the crowd. It's like, you know, let's forget all of that. Yeah. And get back to creating. Get back to the root of it. Yeah. What we we create Do what you love do what you love and forget about the rest. Like forget about all the, the politics and the, the bickering you know, like just let's create. Let's create good good quality content, man. You mm. know, support each other and remember your why. Yeah, exactly, and and I think I, of, I think I think that's the topic of the day. Really, remember your yeah, why. It's a good. It is. It's a good name for the episode. Actually, I think it's an important thing to have. And and Kana, what are you? I'm so curious. What what are you working on now at the moment? Are you working on a new book or a, a project? Um, I'm actually some kind? Um, working on <laughs> a few things. Actually, <laughs> I'm actually working on a book for. Um, it's called Straight. Uh, the company is called Stranger Comics. Cool. And it's uh, the book is called Assessa. And it's basically set in a fantasy world and it and their their flagship character was Niobe. And Niobe is life. And she's basically this I don't know if she's an elf or a fairy. I gotta read more into it, but she's like this warrior fairy elf. And so it just kind of follows initially they told about her story and how she became because I, I believe she's like death's daughter or something to that effect incarnate into to the you know form of a person so she's got powers and she's protected by like 
these gods and things like that. And so this story talks about one of the villains that showed up in her, in her story. This is like her spinoff book in Assassin. She's a vampire, and she's also protected by the same gods that, you know, Niobe is. They both have the same mark. So, I mean, it's, you know, much honor, man, I love fantasy. You know, that's, if, you know I love like superheroes too, man, but, like, my, like, fantasy is, like, my favorite. Like, I, I could do fantasy books forever, do elves and warlocks and, you know, trolls and goblins and barbarians, like, the whole nine. So, anything. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen. I, I've seen uh, seen a lot of your Conans. You did uh, you did a lot of Conan related stuff at some point. I remember Conan dwarves, um, yeah, all of that. And so your dwarf your dwarves has always been one of some of the best. I I recall, remember back to your dwarf. Those have always been some of the best brown dwarves I've seen. Thank you, man. Thank you. So I mean, yeah, so I mean that that's the Niobe's kind of like it's it's their own verse that they've kind of established. So, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's supposed to come out in some, uh, late September. So you'll, oh, you'll wow. hear about it. Soon, um, doing that. Um, then, like I said, just had a Kickstarter or a Indiegogo project funded. So working on the book that's called brand. Um, it's a different story, man. It's like angels and demons and one wow. guy protecting himself. And, you know, he's got a family and he's trying to, you know, you know, learn how to master the powers that's on the inside of him. I mean, it's like this whole unique world, man. So working on that, um, Sounds of course, amazing. Commission, you know, commission work. Um, yeah. But yeah, those are the two big ones right now. You sound, that, um, you sound busy, but also very inspired. And it it's hard not to be inspired when you're working on projects like that, isn't it? It, it, it is. I mean, it, that, that definitely helps helps the creativity man because like if if you're not into it it's going to show in the art and then the art will be flat and And your reader won't be into it exactly i mean it always um one thing i I remember that what i did with you know you mentioned rick son of shaolin um i I don't do it like this anymore because it's just time and deadlines but i would read one page and then illustrate it of the script I'd read one page and then illustrate it. And the reason is because um, how I felt when I read that dialogue, I would never read ahead. That's what I'm trying to say. How I felt when I read that dialogue, I will put that same emotion into that particular page. So the shock and the awe that I would feel <laughs> when I read it, I was like, Oh snap, that's crazy. And so I would illustrate it and kind of capture that moment, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, you know, I said I don't do it like that now because I mean, you know, time and whatnot. But um, yeah, so I mean, it, it's you know those those little those little things of of keeping you inspired and you know, like I said, if you care about the artwork, you know, the the reader picks up on whatever the emotions of that artist or writer. You know, if the writer was depressed, you know, you 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 draw it and it just they're like, man, this is like <laughs> it's like I always think about um. Um, was it Marvin Gaye's album years ago it was called Ecology and it was one of the most profound records that he ever recorded because it told about what was going on in America at that time um, the whole story was that he had left the country for a while because 
a close friend of his that died she died of brain cancer and uh i don't know if you guys know that song ain't no mountain high enough well the lady that he sang with with that you know tammy terrell she Mm -hmm. she died of brain cancer so he left for for a while yeah and so when he came back to america you had the riots going on you had like you know stuff going on in watts and you had like all this stuff you know the economy was jacked up you know you're talking about you know early 70s and stuff and so Mm. You know, his song was like, what's going on? What's happening? And so I later found out that he wrote those songs. Like, there's one song there. It's called uh, What's Going On. He literally, while rioting was going on outside the studio, he wrote that song about what was going on. So when you're listening to it, he was actually describing what he saw, picket signs and you know, you know, all these like different things that were going on right then and there. And that's like forever captured in his music. And so as an artist, man, that, that's what we do. You know, we, we, we capture the emotion, the triumph and the sadness and the hope and the victory, man, all, all rolled up into one. So it, if, if you're compelled by it, if it means something to you, like you said, Rick, I mean, it, it comes off to the reader. So they'll, they'll, they'll experience the same thing. That's exactly it, man. It's so powerful, isn't it? It is. It really is. And that's that's where it, it all comes from at the end of the day is what we're trying to do is we're trying to tell a story and we're trying to get our audience to engage with it. Like we want them to have uh, at least on some level an emotional connection to what it is that we're showing them. So especially when you're talking about comics, a visual storytelling medium like having that ability to not just show a pretty artwork but actually have people connect with it in a deep and meaningful level that yep. that's when you know you've you've gained not just the you know the the upfront abilities of being able to construct an artwork but you you've taken it to the next level it's like the elite level where now it's your art could almost look like anything but it has some soul to it yep it really yeah. does. I mean, it it, it 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 has a voice, and you know, sometimes uh, I've always thought it was a, that's what was amazing about being being an artist. Um, if somebody had never gone to Japan, you could take them there. Yeah. Um, yeah. If somebody had never been to Australia, you know, or or the UK, you know, or you know, or you know, Fort Wayne, Indiana, you know, where I live, you you could you could take them there. A just all of the time and place. You know, people do it successfully, man, you're like, this, this is amazing. This, this must be, and I think that's one of the reasons why I like anime because, you know, their backgrounds is like, particularly, you know, I'm fanboying out here, but anything from Studio Ghibli, <laughs> I'm a fan. Like, Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, How's Moving Castle, Castle in the Sky, Kiki's Delivery, like all that stuff. The imagery like Miyazaki, the way he captures the nature, particularly of the heart of a child, is pretty amazing. And it's just like that, that, like every story, like you're like locked in, like, man, like this, this world of, you know, mystery and danger and, you know, you know, creatures and, you know, brave heroes and stuff it's like this you're engaged and you don't feel like you're watching a cartoon you feel like you're you're experiencing something that happened and um 
you're right. You know, Clayton, man, you're, the art should be an experience. They should, they should, they should I mean, the, at least that's what you, you want, you know, that the reader would actually feel the emotions of what you're trying to convey. And, uh, well, it's like what we were talking about before with The Dark Knight Returns. It's like the the artwork is a little bit funky, but, man, it, that book has, has left such an impression on, on anyone who's read it. Yep, sure did. It was it was a, a very, very impactful, impactful man. Uh, you know, and it just it, it put Batman, honestly, that is what kind of paved the way to kind of this darker Batman that you see today. You know, he's, it's, you know, you know, he he went from the blue cowl to the dark, the black and gray, you know, and then he's been that ever since, you know, kind of thing. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's it, man. Well, we have gone, you know, way well over time at this point. So we got a we got a special. I was, about, I was about to say we needed to wrap this up because we could go on for hours. We get a special bonus. We haven't, we, haven't, we, we haven't even touched on what on uh, even close to qu- the questions I, I and we wanted to to ask Kane and here. So, but we need to stop. <laughs> I, I'm falling asleep here. <laughs> not because not because it's boring, but it's it's free in the night. It's, yeah. free, it's free in the night here. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I definitely appreciate the you. you so say. we have so we have to call we have to call you back, Kenan. There's nothing. Mm. Uh, we we got to we got more we got more to ask. Oh yeah, we'd love to have you back anytime, Kenan. Anytime you want to come back, you're always welcome. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been incredible to actually have you here and to be able to talk with you and the amount of insight that you've got is, and your ability to express it. Absolutely fantastic, man. I guess that comes from your time teaching this stuff, I imagine. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm simple. I'm simple, man. And, yeah. Um, um, if I can, if I can, you know, relay that in a way, man, it's just, very, very, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Understanding. You know, because sometimes people are cut and dry, man, but they're brutal. And yeah. I mean, and that, granted, sometimes that's necessary. Yeah, I know, Rick, you're, you're one of those guys that just kind of like throws <laughs> I, was about, I was about to ask, hey, wait a minute. So, I mean, but that that's necessary. But then, you know, I always liken it to um, one of our uh, coaches in the NFL, a guy by the name of Tony Dungy. Um, they always call him the quiet strength. Um, he was very, very, very confident, very strong leader, but he didn't yell. He was very, very, um, really, like the way I'm talking to you guys is how he would talk to the players. Awesome. And they, they gave him undying loyalty, man. Like he was, and they, you know, they won, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, they won a couple Super Bowls, you know, as a result of that, but, they call, and he wrote a book about it called The Quiet Strength. And so that's kind of my approach, man. You know, I, I'm just sharing my experiences, man. And, and, and like you said, I enjoy what I do. Yeah, I enjoy no, but you can, you, can be, you can be stern and brutal without having to yell. <laughs> well, my, my wife is my, she is the, she's the, uh, the thunder. <laughs> she takes care okay. of that for you, right? <laughs> but she's, exactly. the, she's the drill sergeant. Hmm. Yes. I was, Actually, I used to call her a warden when she was young. 
<laughs> I, I was going to say, man, it's really great to have your wife there with you now because she kind of holds you accountable in a way. Like, oh, yeah. to, to be the kind of person that she is, you know, check in to make sure you got the right amount of change in your pocket and whatnot. It's <laughs> like, it, it must feel as though you've, you've got these expectations that kind of push you a little bit further than you'd otherwise go. And I know I feel the same way with, with my partner. You know, it's great to have someone there who... You know, even when you're feeling like you don't have it, when when you're just not feeling it that day, it's like they they still are expecting something from you, and they're still believing that you can pull it off. It's an amazing yeah. thing to have in a partner. It is. I mean, she she's um. Listen, I'm not I know we trying to get off, but you know, she she's definitely a. She is the type that she to get. She's one of sixteen kids, so wow. I mean, she. Whoa, you know she worked through high school, and you know her, you know her brother had to do some medical things, and so she basically became the mom mm. for her. So she knows how to grind. She knows how to take the reins if necessary. Yeah. But she also had learned how to let me grow, and I'm grateful for that. You know because I didn't come from that type of background. You know I wasn't well. I guess I was sheltered. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> you know, because I was the youngest. Yeah. You know, so, you know, a lot of the stuff I didn't learn until I was much older. And so, but for her, to her credit, to give me the liberty to learn and to fall mm. and to get back up and go at it again. And like you said, Clayton, still trust you. Yeah. That's, that's huge, man. That's, I mean, how could I not go hard? Yeah, that's so great, man. Because we artists, sometimes we just, you know, we have a lot of hope in ourselves and, and we do believe in ourselves, but it's hard to keep it up sometimes, you know. We, we've we've all had those days where, you know, we, we've got this doubt in our own abilities and where we're going to be able to take them. And, you know, I think when you've got people surrounding you in your life, loved ones, friends, um, heck, even, even those, even the haters, right, can be uh, weirdly <laughs> motivating in their own way. Um, it's It's important to always have that. Because I know sometimes when I'm feeling down on myself and I get some hater who, like, tries to, to put their foot down, it's like, wait a second. No, that's bullshit. I'm, I'm going to hit it harder now and show them, you know. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's it's important to surround yourself. That's why you got to have that social life, right? You know, one thing I do, I try to, uh, whenever I achieve some kind of feat, you know, maybe I've wrapped up a, a certain amount of work that I wanted to get done for the week. I'll try to celebrate by actually going out and catching up with some inspiring people and you know, I'll tell them, you know, I managed to achieve this this week and just it it's good for your psychology as an as an artist, I think. It is. Uh, that's, that's good advice though. I mean, so anybody listening there that are listening to this, get out of your cubby hole and live. I think um, I think it was um what's his name? Sean Murphy posted, I think it was uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, it was like several tips for a good artist, you know, for an artist. And one of them was like, get out. Yeah, I'm absolutely. And live. <laughs> it's true. Well, if you're telling a story about people, right, you got to get those uh, those reference experiences happening. Right. Yeah, they, see, it's a twofold thing. Going to get a burger and getting some references. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's tough, I mean, because most of us, let's face it, are kind of on the introverted uh, end of things. But, hey, that's all the more reason to uh, to really work on that, that particular area, right? I mean, at our weakest points, they're the things that we should be working on most. So, um, 
it's great to have you, Kane. And we glad this, to be here. Appreciate yeah, it. It's been such an epic conversation. Hour and a half, man. That's pretty much what what it's been. So um, oh. the the audience is going to get a nice bonus length episode. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, man. And uh, Rick, you still awake? I think he's going to yeah, sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just listening on. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, because oh, I know if I, if I started talking as well into this conversation, we would cry. It would go on even further. <laughs> so I, I just, I, I start, I actually started while go, going on to Kanan's deviant art and looked mm. and looking through his uh, yeah. art gallery just, just for nostalgia's sake. Mm, totally, man. Well, uh, Kanan, where can people find you if they want to check out more of your stuff and, and get into contact with you? Um, you can you can find me on um, on Facebook, Art of Kanan White, or um, Instagram, uh, Kanan02, or Twitter, uh, it's uh, Cap White, Cap underscore White. Um, and I think that is, I have a Wix account too, but I'm going to revamp that website, so I'm not going to give you that one. <laughs> yeah. stuff on it. <laughs> But nice yeah, thing. primarily Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. You know, those, awesome. are the, those are the ones. Uh, Art of Canon White for Facebook again. Uh, Instagram, Canon02. And then Twitter, uh, cat underscore white. Fantastic. Well, for those listening, make sure you go and check out Canon's work. It's an absolutely something to behold, I'm, I'm telling you. it's I'm left in awe every time I check it out. And especially canon i saw some of your your video recordings as well recently and it's even it's it's not just amazing to see the end product but to see how it all comes together as well so i certainly hope you do more of those but yeah thanks a lot thanks for being here and uh to everyone listening thanks for hanging in there with us i hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you here again next time see you later and uh keep on creating